0: Purity and holiness. Without these two qualities, no one can see God. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Without holiness, it is impossible to see God. So holiness is of paramount importance. Now we are coming nearer To the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? How many of you don't believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, my dear bishops. 10 percent among these hundreds do not believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again soon. When I was a new believer, I attended a Bible college, and the Bible college uh, belongs to a denomination that emphasizes very strongly about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So one afternoon, I spoke with a professor. So we were just talking over a cup of tea. So I asked the professor, an older man, who was also a pastor in the church for a long time, and then he became a professor. So I asked him, sir, see I was just about nine months old Christian. So I said, sir, how soon? Do you think the Lord Jesus will come? So he looked at me, wrinkles on his face, wearing glasses, and uh, many years in the ministry, more than I think he was about 50 odd years old at that time. He said, son, I've been a Christian for 40 odd years. All my life I was born in the church. And I've been hearing this message Jesus Christ is coming again He's coming again He's coming again But He has not come yet So In a few more years I'm going to retire So whether he comes Or he doesn't come Doesn't matter When I retire I'm going to buy A small piece of land And I'm going to do farming And then I will die whether he comes or he doesn't come Doesn't matter Are you like that? Oh. Except for the ten <laughs> Yes, Amen, yes, amen. <laughs> Now you are smart <laughs> Well, I have one good news for you today Whether you believe or you don't believe Jesus Christ is coming again <laughs> Amen the Lord God is not waiting on you to believe he doesn't care whether you believe or you don't believe he has set a time when he will come and when the time comes just like the scripture says at the time appointed God was born as a human so in the same way when his time comes to come He will come, whether the church is ready or not. Like our Apostle Dr. Emmanuel shared a beautiful story yesterday about his uncle with a rifle waiting to catch the thief. Do you remember the story? I will not forget the story. I'm going to use the story in all my messages. Is Is it all right? The uncle was waiting. Twelve midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. 3 a.m. His rifle was pointing at the gateway where the thief will come. 4 a.m. He went into the third heaven. <laughs> or the seventh heaven. And then suddenly he woke up at 4:30. Pointing his gun at the gateway. Five o'clock, six o'clock, no one came. So he must have thought the thief didn't come today. Only to realize all the, all the tires are gone. The point is when you least expect, the thief came. And when did the thief come? when the uncle was sleeping and the scripture says do not sleep do not sleep you know although the story of our apostle's uncle was humorous but it has great truth great truth just as the uncle was waiting and then slept at the last moment the church is waiting When was it waiting? In the first century. I was amazed when I made uh, research in the New Testament. From the time the Lord Jesus was taken up into the heavens, from that time till the end of the third century of the early church, they preached. The message of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ very strongly. In fact, when they meet one another, they greet them, Maranatha. Do you do that? They greet them, Maranatha. Reminding everyone, the Lord is coming back soon. They kept that thing alive. Never to forget From the 4th century Till now The church has gone into what they call The dark ages Or rather I would call it the Sleeping mode Till today Sleeping mode Haven't woken up yet Why are you asleep? You know when you go to sleep you pull your blanket over, you pull a pillow around your legs, you pull a pillow around your neck, and you're so comfortably sleeping. That's how present doctrines of Christianity or charismatic Christianity has pampered us. (laughs) Pampering. And you have forgotten that you are not a permanent resident in this world. We are just a pilgrim. Passing by. And the world and the things in this world. Will perish. Will perish by fire. 2nd Peter chapter 3. Verses 10 to 12 tells us. Every element in this world. Will be burned by fire. So what will remain. Everything that can be shaken. Shaken. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 26 says, Can be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. So what is the thing that cannot be shaken? Your faith. Your faith in the Lord Jesus cannot be shaken. Everything else will be shaken. So where do you stand today? That is the question. Where do you stand today? This wonderful conference has been held for the last 32 years. And for 32 years, this theme, purity and holiness has been preached and taught from this pulpit. How many of you have applied that to your heart? How many? Or oh, you are just a hearer. You came to be entertained. A year ago, I was speaking at a church in the US and I made a very strong point and they all started clapping their hands. And I rebuked the entire church. Why are you clapping your hands? Am I an entertainer entertaining you? I am not entertaining you The church is not a circus It is the house of God Where the Lord comes To speak to you To teach you And what is the purpose of the church? To make you ready for the coming of the Lord And to make you all Workers of God for the work of the ministry. Not for you just to sit in your chairs and lay eggs. Don't laugh. This is not a laughing matter. This is something for you to feel ashamed. From the day that you got saved till today, how many people have you brought to the kingdom of God? Ask yourself. How many? How many? If the Lord would ask you What have you brought for me What would you say All your silver and gold All your titles You cannot bring it up to heaven They all get burned To, to dust you came To dust you return. You cannot bring anything up there Whatever degrees that you have Is just a paper Piece of paper That can be printed on any computer. Am I right? Just just paper. You cannot bring it up there. And your titles don't exist in heaven. The only title that exists in heaven is brother, sister. And the scripture says, The Lord Jesus Christ is not ashamed to call us his brothers and his sisters. He's not ashamed to call you like that. That is the only title that exists. So how much have you prepared yourselves for a life that you are going to live forever? There was once a very, very rich man in Europe. He lives in a castle. And he has... Tons of servants who attend to him. one to put on his shoes. one to make sure that the water is temperatures just right. When he goes to take a bath, then once make sure his clothes are all iron. Once cook the food, once make sure the water temperature is just nice for him to drink. Every stuff. And before he goes for any trip, he makes elaborate arrangements. A long time before he goes on a trip. So one day, like all of us, he died. So when he died, after the burial, the funeral, everything was over, the servants sat down to discuss an issue. So the issue was where did our master go after death? Did he go to heaven? Where did he go? So, each one contributed an idea. Maybe the master is just lying in the ground, which some Christian denominations teach. When you go to the ground, that's where you stay. You don't go anywhere else until the Lord comes to resurrect you. They don't even believe that the soul is in heaven. They don't. And most Christians believe that you body goes to the ground and your soul is alive in heaven. So, they, so when they discussed this, and maybe one said, maybe he went to hell. And then another said, maybe he went to heaven. But the chief servant told them, no, I don't think our master went to heaven. So the others were surprised. They asked him why. Because he said, Whenever our master goes somewhere, he makes a detailed plan. He prepares ahead of time and he gives me an instruction what I should do, how I should prepare for the trip. But our master all his lifetime never ever spoke about preparing to go to heaven. Which means, His heart was on the things of this world Never had any thought Of going to heaven You are not going to live in this world forever Do you think you are going to live here forever? No So if you are not going to live here forever Where will your life be In the next life Heaven or hell If I I ask this question to all Christians, all of you will say, I am going to heaven. Am I right? But, my question is, are you really sure? The reason why I ask this question is, I have been graced by the mercies of God to see from the other side what really happens to a soul when they die, where, where it goes to heaven or to hell so because I was graced by God to see I have come to the conclusion it's not good enough to know by faith where you're going But just like the Apostle Paul wrote Make your calling and election sure Make it sure You must know Be an altar of doubt That's where you are going By the lifestyle you are living Heaven is a place of holiness If you are going to go there Then your life must be holy Holy If your life is filthy, worse than the standards of the world, though you come to church every Sunday, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. When God sees you, He sees you just like an unbeliever attending a religious service. Period. In India, The Hindu people worship millions of gods. And they also consider many of them, or most of them, Lord Jesus as one of the gods. So they are praying to, say, ten gods, why not add another god? That's how they believe. And they have deep reverence and respect for all gods. So if you just add a picture of the Lord Jesus to many other gods, That doesn't make you a Christian. Yes, I mean? It doesn't make you a Christian. Similarly, with all the idols that you have in your life, you add another idol called Jesus. Does that make you a Christian? No. Before COVID, I was asked to pray for a pastor's mother-in-law and this woman was uh, was not born in a christian family she was a hindu and then saved and then all her life she attended church she lived a christian life and everything so now she was dying not dying of not a very old age but she was maybe in her late 60s or early 70s and she had cancer her stomach had bolted and she was Counting her last days So the pastor asked me to come and pray For his mother-in-law I stood there praying And as as soon as I started praying Something Mysterious happened Or glorious happened That I have never experienced in my life before Nor another experience again so far That was a very frightening experience I had. I saw the heavens open. And I saw some saints in heaven. And they looked down at me and they rebuked me for praying for that woman. What are you doing there? Get out of this place! I began to tremble. Because never was I ever rebuked by a saint in heaven. So I, as, as I was trembling, I managed to pluck some little courage to ask them what's wrong. And they said, this woman has been judged, turned over into the hands of the devil for the destruction of her flesh and she will go to hell. So you don't pray for her. And what is the reason? Her life was full of bitterness, unforgiveness, Anger against men of God. She was always criticizing every Christian. Except her, no one else was perfect. So, the pastor was there, his wife was standing in one corner, that's her dear mother. So how am I, what what am I going to say to get out This is not laughing matter, you know. What if this is you? Would you be laughing? Then why are you laughing? So somehow I said some words and I ended the prayer. But the pastor, who knows me for years, saw my face being shaken. And and it took me 45 minutes to come out of that experience I was so shaken that I could not become normal yet and after 45 minutes the pastor asked me what happened to you so I narrated what I was told and the pastor now became shaken and he told me whatever the saints in heaven told you are correct Then he told me about his mother in law, confirming every word that I was told. So now, who is this mother in law? Born again Christian. Baptized in the water. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did some little ministry. But where did she end up? Why? Heart not forgiven. The scripture says very clearly If you will not forgive One another Your father in heaven Will not forgive you These words were not spoken By an apostle It was spoken by the Lord Jesus Himself The author and creator Of our salvation He knows What he's talking about right He knows who can enter And who cannot enter Unforgiveness. And there was another woman, and this woman got saved in the year nineteen eighty-one. And from the day that she got saved, she was a zealous Christian, very zealous, and she was the chief among the women in their women's ministry. She would always take teams out To go and pray for the sick people For the sick uh, women In the churches Those who could not come to church She would take them to visit And whatever little way of ministry she could do She did And she was the chief prayer warrior In the church And every pastor Who comes to the church She attended a the Methodist church So every three years A new pastor comes and every pastor comes there, they will always acknowledge her because she was the most senior member in the church and a praying woman. Later on in her life, she became afflicted with arthritis and her hands bent, her fingers bent and she used to have pains in her knees and she became very lean and thin and whatever medicines that she took, Nothing will work on her body. And on top of that, every now and then she will be tormented by demon spirits in the night. Now all you Africans understand what it means to be tormented by demon spirits. Am I right? And she was prayed for by all the top men of God in India. Nothing worked. So one day she came to me for prayer. As I was praying, an angel came down from heaven, stood by my side, and said, This woman will go to hell. A very seasoned Christian. And what is the reason? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness in our heart. And again, sin of the lips. Criticizing Backbiting Gossiping The scripture says very clearly If you backbite and gossip One another You are devouring one another And the judge stands At the door to judge you In today's present times There is a new form Of backbiting Gossiping and criticizing We take it to the social media. Yes, I mean? mean. We use Twitter or X, Facebook, and we take videos of people we don't like and post them on the video, criticizing them. Now we don't need to gather in twos or threes. We just go and upload on social media for the whole world to laugh at us. That is the work of the devil and not the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, not shame publicly. Holy Spirit doesn't do that. But the devil does. He condemns you and shames you publicly. So when you do those kind of works, whose servant are you? The devil's. You are not God's servant There are some people In India who claim Oh the Holy Spirit moved me Inspired me To expose things In the church On the social media I once told A man who claimed like that I said You are a filthy worker From the pit of hell Because the Holy Spirit Will never Inspire you To do that work Why? I gave him the scriptural reasons why The Lord Jesus said If you find someone in fault Go and talk to him directly Phase 1 If he doesn't listen, phase 2 Bring 2 or 3 And go and correct him If he doesn't listen, phase 3 Then bring the matter to the church Not to social media To the church Church community Not go to the public streets in Thema, and you broadcast aloud about Your brother These are the guidelines From the Lord Jesus And how can you say The Holy Spirit moves me To do something On the public Against the words Of the Lord Jesus The primary work of the Holy Spirit Is to glorify the Lord Jesus Whatever the Lord Jesus says, the Holy Spirit does. Whatever the Father said, the Lord Jesus did. So if the Lord Jesus says, this is the way to do correction, this is the way to deal with offences, the Holy Spirit is not going to overrule the Lord Jesus' words. My dearly beloved brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, can you now see How low we have fallen away from holiness and purity. In the year 1992, I was invited to a church in the US, in a city called New Mexico. So it was a small Pentecostal church. Maybe about 50 to 100 people were there. And they had a very lively worship. And the musicians, they were all anointed with the Holy Spirit. They were singing in the Spirit, singing in their natural language. And during the worship, I thought in my heart, what a holy church this church is. With such an anointed atmosphere. And I prayed, I sincerely prayed to the Lord. Lord, thank you for bringing me to this wonderful church to see how holy they are. As I was praying this prayer, the Lord Jesus said to me, when you go to the stage, before you preach your word, look at the church and say this one word. If I come today, none of them are ready to go to heaven. I was shocked. So I I did exactly as what the Lord Jesus told me. And there was a pin drop silence in the church Normally you know after the church service They would come for individual prayer That day no one came So after the service The pastor invited me for lunch With the church elders So each elder sat in one group of table The pastor is a woman pastor And her daughter We sat together in a separate table and the menu card in the restaurant was a very large menu. was half my size. Literally. I'm not exaggerating, half the size. So the pastor held up the menu card and came very close to me. And she said, this is, this is, you know, she was introducing me to the dishes because we went to a Mexican restaurant. Just like if I wouldn't understand Ghanaian dishes. So you would have to explain to me what Ghanaian dishes are. And my favorite are Jollof rice. And dodo. And they say the best Jollof rice is from Nigeria. All right. But the Nigerians claim that. You, you don't agree? So the best is from Ghana? All right. Since I'm in Ghana, I cannot disagree. But, jollof rice is that Delicious Yummy So And while I was looking at the menu The pastor leaned close to me And she asked me a question He said, brother You say If the Lord Jesus comes right now None of them are ready to go to heaven What about me? So I asked the pastor a question When I gave the word, where were you? She said, I was sitting right there before you. Then I said, that includes you. You know, whenever I prophesy like that, it doesn't bring joy to me. It grieves me. That even the pastor to the last believer in the church are not ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus. what kind of a lifestyle are we living then? It also begs another question you are living a life not in preparation for the coming of the Lord Jesus it is never in your mind never in your mind yesterday yesterday when uh, Apostle Emmanuel gave his wonderful message about the coming of the Lord, he gave seven points. How many of you remember the seven points? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Are you see your hand up or down? <laughs> up there. Up or down? Ah, put it up. 15, 16, 17, 18 So out of the several hundreds here Only 18 remembers those 7 points So what about the rest of you? You came here to be entertained? If you came here to be entertained Then you are in the wrong place Because the church is not a circus ground it is not a movie theater. It is not an entertainment center where a singer or a dancer or a stand-up comedian makes jokes. This is the place where the bread comes from heaven. This is the place, the house of God. It is the house of prayer. And this is the place where from where you are trained to go out and do the works of ministry and bring souls into the kingdom of God. So, I think you are in the wrong place. On the 30th of June, 2023, I was in South Korea participating at a prophetic conference. So one morning at 2 o'clock on that day, I knelt down to pray. As I began to pray, I heard the Holy Spirit say, A seraph wants to talk with you. Seraph is an angel from heaven. So I began to prepare my heart. And quieted myself In the presence of God A few minutes later A seraph came and stood by my side Now who is a seraph? The word seraph Comes from the Hebrew word Sharap And sharap means two things A venomous snake Or An angel with six wings And this seraph Is mentioned in only one book of the Bible Isaiah chapter 6 Verse 2 Verse 3 Verse 6 And verse 7 Nowhere else in the Bible You will read about the seraphim And The word seraph Means fiery ones And why are they called fiery ones Because they, are, they appear Full of burning fire Not just fire it's burning fire Why do they appear like that? Because they stand In the very presence Of the consuming fire The Bible calls God in Deuteronomy Chapter 4 verse 24 And Hebrews twelve twenty-nine That God is a consuming fire So when you stand Before the consuming fire What do you become? You become like that If you take a rod of iron and you put into a furnace of fire, after some time, the rod becomes red hot. Am I right? Because it's in the fire. In the same manner, if you stand very close to the consuming fire, all that is upon you and within you will be burned. That you become like the consuming fire. So that's how the seraph looks like. And Isaiah 6 verse 2 says, The seraphim, each has six wings. Now that's the difference between the seraph and the cherub. In Ezekiel chapter 1 you read, The cherub has four wings. Whereas the seraph has six wings. Now interestingly... The Hebrew word for seraph Is also used in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 29 And chapter 30 verse 6 For fiery serpents Now the word fiery serpent Does not mean the serpents are full of fire It's just that when they stink you There's a burning sensation that goes all over your body That makes you feel like you are on fire Now why God uses them? Whenever Israel goes away from the will of God. Numbers chapter 21 verses 4 to 9 and Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 15 says, God allows these fiery serpents to come and bite or punish them. So the serpents were used by God as his agents of discipline. Now, seraphim are associated with the holiness of God. Holiness and fire of God. And Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 tells us they dwell around the throne of God and above it. That's where their place is. Besides, like the cherubim who stands guard around the throne of God... And they fly above the throne of God crying holy, holy, holy. That's all they do because they see the holiness of God. You know when you are on top you look down on the throne of God they see the glorious glory of God which caused them to get excited and they cry holy, holy, holy which tells us one thing the essence of god why is he unapproachable 1st timothy chapter 6 verse 16 tells us he dwells in unapproachable light and in exodus chapter 19 we read that when god came down on mount sinai the whole mountain top burned with fire and the children of israel who were standing far away from the mountain top were trembling with fear. Why? Why does God appear like fire? The fire is the outward symbol of God's holiness. The essence of God is holiness. If you remove holiness from God, He ceases to exist. He will just be like any other gods of this world. I was a Hindu. So from my growing up years, I told you earlier, the Hindu people worship millions of gods. But in every Hindu home, we have an altar. And there are at least about 10 to 15 pictures of the gods that we will bow down and worship. None of the gods in all their books teachings ever talk about holiness. None. No other religion talks about holiness. They say do good. But the Lord Jesus said, be good. That's a difference. Anybody can do good, but not all can be good. Being good is an internal thing, it's a character. You can be a robber and still do good. You can be a gambler. Gamble all your money and bring the tights and put in the offering box. Right? Who knows? Who can see where the money comes from? He can be even a robber who stole four tires and bring one tire to the church. <laughs> and give to the pa- bishop, pastor, I want to donate this tire to your church. Who knows the same tire will come to even our Apostle Emmanuel. <laughs> right? You did not know where the money came from. But the Holy Spirit knows. You can fool all men. But you cannot fool God. So the seraphim dwell around the throne of God. They are very fierce creatures. Yet, have a very kind look on their face. When they stood before me, that's what I saw. The glory fire burning from their presence. Yet, their face had a very kind look. Like an angel's kind look on their face. So, who are the seraphim? They are the sanctifiers of God's throne. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 says, They around the throne of God and they praise and glorify the holiness of God that's all they do all throughout their lifetime flying around the throne of God I once read an interesting uh, from the experience of an American pastor who had the privilege to be caught up to heaven so when he was in heaven God gave him the grace To visit the throne of God So he stood at the distance Because he cannot go near The throne of God And he saw the seraphim Flying around the throne of God Crying holy, holy, holy And he stood there for some time Just looking at the seraphim And let's suppose he stood there For an hour And for one hour They said nothing else except those three words, holy, holy, holy. So this pastor was quite curious. And he asked his attending angel, don't the seraphim get bored of just saying three words again and again and again and again. And he asked them, for how long have they been doing that? So the attending angel said, they have been saying that before the creation of the earth. Oh. Geologists tell us, that the earth is about millions of years old. Creation science tells us the earth is 6,000 years old. Okay, let's forget about geology, let's stick to creation science. So for 6,000 years, they've been going around saying those three words. So these men of God wondered, how could they just simply say three words again and again and again? So he asked the angel, How could they do it? So the angel gave a very interesting reply. Now, let's suppose this is the throne of God. So let's just imagine I'm in a seraphim. So I go around the throne and I look down and they see a character of God. They get so excited, they cry, Holy, holy, holy. Then they go around, they come again. And they see another character of God They cry holy, holy, holy So for eons of time They see the manifold Character of God And they cry holy, holy, holy That underscores Or confirms What the scripture says The manifold wisdom of God The unsearchable wisdom of God, which means there is no limit. You and I have one character, or maybe two characters one at home, one outside. Yes, Amin? At the most, two characters, or maybe three one in the church, one character at home. One character outside, one character in the church, we appear holy. Yes amen. yes, amen. Look at the character of God. Unsearchable. Unsearchable. Besides that, the other important work that a seraphim does is they sanctify a person. Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 6 to 7 They are also Have a job description To sanctify A believer Sanctify a man of God Sanctify a church And that is the purpose They visited They visited me that day To give me the word The seraphim are coming To cleanse the church They are coming To cleanse the church because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is drawing near. And God has been waiting and waiting and waiting. We are not going to put our lives right. So, therefore, God has decided to push us to put your lives right. So, He's sending the seraphim to the church. Now, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 4. And we will read verse 4. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 4. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. The spirit of burning here is the Hebrew word seraph. Now look at the first sentence. The Lord shall have washed away the filth, daughters of Zion. The daughters of Zion can be translated to mean the church. All agrees. Yes. All ministers of God agree. Yes. So, the Lord shall wash away the filth of the church by sending the seraphim. So they have gone forth. To all the churches all over the world. To effect. A work of. Purity. And holiness. Effect it. When they come. And they stand in your midst. They will command. Holiness in the church. Now those who respond. To them. In repentance. Repentance. Will be cleansed and sanctified. A good example is found in Isaiah chapter 6 verses 6 to 7. When the prophet Isaiah saw the glory of God. He saw the heavens open. He saw the Lord God seated on the throne. And immediately he cried out. Oh I am a man of unclean lips. He repented and he cried. And when he did. The seraphim came. And they touched his lips With a coal of fire From the altar in heaven And instantly He became clean So when you repent In response to the word When a seraphim But They will stand by the right side Of the pastor And they will inspire the pastor to speak words about holiness. To challenge the church to holiness. To call for the sins in the church. To rebuke the church of sins. And those who respond in this repentance. They will release their fires. To cleanse. To sanctify. To refine the church. To be made ready for the coming of the Lord. Now if you look at the prophet Isaiah's life He was a good man From chapter 1 up to chapter 5 He saw visions He was prophesizing Then why did he say I'm a man of unclean lips Because there were some Issues in his life That were not dealt with See when the Holy Spirit comes upon you Your old man is still there That is why You fall and you sin When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit Your old man is still there That is why you still sin After the baptism of the Holy Spirit When you are called into the ministry You are moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit You still sin Why? The old man is there Or some undealt issues in your life They are still there That is why the Bible says you need the baptism of fire. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of fire totally purge you, totally burn you of all the dross in your life so that you are pure before the eyes of the living God. That's what the seraphim do. So, when they come, they will effect a work of cleansing in your life. I personally experienced this on 15th April, 2023. One morning I was praying and repenting of some sins and shortcomings in my life. As I was doing that, I saw a seraph come and stand before me, and he appeared totally white blinding white that you I couldn't see and When he did he uh, and Came out from him and it Made a washing a cleansing purifying experience in my soul I personally experienced that So that's what the presence of a seraphim will do to cleanse to sanctify And to refine the church Making her The bride of Christ So you need this Sanctifying grace From God You need this The Lord saw us We struggled with our sins We tried to give up But we couldn't Are you there? Is that your problem? You try very much to give up you are successful for one week and then you fall down again. You try to be suc- away from the sin, then you fall again. God has been seeing our struggles. So now He's sending you help from heaven. Amen. He's sending you help from heaven to cleanse you, to purge you, to purify you, to refine you once and for all. Amen! Amen. Amen! 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 So that if God comes right now, all of you are ready to be caught up into glory. Amen? Amen. Now if you repent, the seraphim's fire will sanctify you. What if you don't repent? Because there will always be people who will not repent. Am I right everybody? There will always be people who will doubt. There will always be Christians who will not agree. There will always be Christians who will find fault. There will always be a Judas. And there will always be a Peter who deny. And there will always be a Thomas who will doubt. And there'll always be a man like Alexander the coppersmith, blacksmith, who turn against salvation. One safe is not always safe. Yes, Ministers of God, you yes, agree? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. one self is not always safe. The Lord Jesus Himself said in Matthew 24:13, He that endures till the end. Only they shall be saved So what happens if you give up At the last moment Then what If you don't endure till the end Then what Can you make it Let me narrate to you A true story that happened in Russia Seven pastors were arrested Now this happened When the communists were still ruling The USSR So they were arrested and they were stripped naked of all their clothes and made to walk in the icy winter for several miles to a place in Siberia. Siberia is the coldest place on planet earth. So they were brought there where there was a pond. And the pastors were told to go and stand waist deep in the icy cold water. And then the captain of the Russian army, he also had seven sets of warm clothes. And he made seven sets of fire and seven bottles of vodka before them. And now the pastors are standing waist deep in the shivering cold. And they were swaying, about to die. And the captain would every now and then say, Why are you so foolish? Renounce Jesus, come out of the water, put on these warm clothes, sit by the fire, drink vodka, and be merry. No matter what he says, the pastors would not move. And then he saw the body turning blue. And one by one, the pastors were now swaying, about to drop dead. And something supernatural happened. The captain saw seven angels coming down from heaven, with seven crowns. And each of the angels stood above the head of each pastor. And this captain, who was smoking a cigar at that time, dropped the cigar and just looked at the whole scene with white eyes and white mouth. And as he was looking, he was too shocked to say anything. And just as about, just at that time, when a pastor was about to drop dead, the angel will lay a crown on their head. So as soon as the crown is laid, the pastor dropped dead. First pastor, second pastor, third pastor, fourth pastor, fifth pastor, sixth pastor, all drop dead one by one by one. The crowns are put and they drop dead. Now, when he came to the seventh pastor, something strange was happening. The angel who stood above the seventh pastor was Coming down and going up. Coming down and going up. So the captain wondered why this angel is playing games. Coming down, going up. Coming down, going up. Do you know what was happening? The seventh pastor was debating in his heart, shall I renounce? Each time he thought, shall I renounce, the angel would go up. Each time he said, no, I will not, the angel came down. So the angel going up and coming down was a reflection of the pastor's heart. So finally, the past seventh pastor said, I renounce Jesus Christ. I don't believe him anymore. I believe in communist Russia. And he came running out of the water, put on the warm clothes, sat by the fire, began to drink vodka and burn a cigar. So the 7th angel was going up and the captain who saw all this removed his clothes and he said I believe that Jesus Christ is the true living God. Now that's not the end of the story. The Russian captain ran to the very spot where the 7th passage was. He stood there and he lifted up his hands making his fifth declaration one more time and he received the crown and he dropped it. He died. Now the seventh pastor had suffered so much under communist rule. But he did not endure till the end. At the last moment he lost his salvation. He lost. So can you Lose your salvation That is why the Lord Jesus said In Revelation chapter 2 Hold on to your crown That no man take it Why should you hold on If there is no danger of losing it Right Now you see this pulpit here It has been there for the last three days And I am sure this has been here for how many years Bishop 20 years 20 years Or 2 years For 2 years this pulpit has been here Have you ever seen any church usher Holding on to this So that the thief comes at 4.30 in the morning No Nobody is holding on to this because There is no danger Of this pulpit being stolen But If there is a danger for this pulpit to be stolen They will make sure There are CCTV cameras All around the pulpit And make sure there are guards sleeping on the stage all the time so that nobody steals the pulpit. Right? But there is no danger, no need to guard. The Lord Jesus said, Hold on to your crown that you do not lose it. So you can lose your salvation. You need to guard your salvation. Guard your salvation. Never take your salvation for granted. Never. Let me repeat again. One safe is not always or forever safe. That is a lie from the pit of hell. If you ever hear any teachings like this on the YouTube, burn your YouTube. Do not swallow every false teachings you find on YouTube. There are so many false prophets in Africa. From the north to the south, from the east to the west. Flooded with false prophets. Why? Because you can make money easily. Everybody wants a prophecy. And how do you know that prophecy will come to pass or not? You come and you stand and then the basket is put here. You want a word? Yes. 500 CD It's true Right? It's true In America They go by numbers $1,000 You get a word $2,000 The prophet hugs you $3,000 Hugs you And the prophecy is recorded in a cassette tape And given to you you wouldn't believe people true before such a false prophet. This was in New York City so many years ago. And that same gimmick is practiced in Africa. There are some false prophets who even sell A bottle of water labeled as blood of Jesus. I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. Have you seen that? Blood of Jesus. And the prophet sells this water and every dumb, stupid, silly, blind, deaf Christians in the church buy that. How can you be so dumb Blind Deaf And stupid (laughs) Only those who fall in love are like that And he makes tons of money How And then there's another false prophet Who tells the church members to eat grass Have you seen that And people roll on the floor Eating grass like a cow How much more sillier can you be? There's another prophet who tells the church to drink poison. And he takes us, he keeps many serpents in his church. And in the pulpit is a big box, many serpents in the box. Have you all seen that? And he takes, before he preaches, he takes a serpent and he quotes the scripture. If anyone takes a serpent, nothing will harm them. And he kisses the serpent and he puts back in the pulpit. One day, that serpent bit him. It's true. The serpent bit him and he died. Right on the stage in a Sunday church service. Why is there such foolishness? Why? Why are Christians so gullible? What is the root cause? Because there's greed in your heart. Greed. You want financial prosperity. You want financial blessing. Greed. So you go to a false prophet. Who promises you that? Bring your money to me. Put it under my feet. And you will get all your money in your bank account. Have you heard that? If you want financial prosperity, I show you a shortcut. Do you, how many of you have financial problem? Nobody? Oh, wow. Wow. This is the first church in the entire Africa where people have no financial problems. My God. So since you all have no financial problem. You are going to bless me tons before I leave Ghana. So tell me, how many of you have financial problem? Do you want a financial miracle? I share with you one secret how to get financial miracle. Like what you saw Apostle Emmanuel do yesterday. You give to God without any false promise of what you will get. You give with all your heart. All your heart. Not beggarly. With all your heart. Give with all your heart. Then, you shall receive good measure, pressed down, shaken over, flowing over. God will give you. Open the windows of heaven. This is a challenge from God. Bring your tithes. I understand in Africa, you don't bring your tithes. See, you are living in sin. If you live in sin, how can you expect God's blessings? Sin number one. You're not tithing. Some people like to say, that's not in the Bible. It's only in the Old Testament. Then I tell them I agree Since it is is in the Old Testament Okay Those of you who have Bible in your hand Please open to The Old Testament Then I tell them Since it is in the Old Testament And it doesn't apply Tear the Bible Tear the Old Testament Throw it away Why don't you do that? Since they don't apply, do that. Throw away the Old Testament. Am I right? Why do you keep the Old Testament? The Old Testament leads you to the New Testament. And the New Testament confirms the Old Testament. Both are like the right eye, left eye. You need the two together. The principles in the Old Testament, what was in the natural, In the New Testament, they are principles. You give. It's true. In the New, you don't limit to 10%. You give more. Why 10%? Matthew 5.20 says, that is the righteousness of the Pharisees. So if you are a New Testament believer, go beyond. Beyond. Now that's the only scripture where God gives you a challenge. He said, prove me wrong. Bring your tithes. Bring your offering. Two things. Tithes and offering. Bring it to my house. And I will open the windows of heaven. I have challenged my television viewers in India. And I have at least 5,000 testimonies of letters in my office to prove people who have experienced breakthrough when they properly gave their tithes. Those who have never given tithes, just given offering. Suffering financial difficulties. But when they learn to properly give, experience breakthroughs without any promise of that you will get this much, all your debts will be cancelled. No such false promises. Like the false prophets give You give out of a cheerful heart By the way Your money doesn't belong to you in the first place Do you know that? It is God who gave you So he gave you 100% And he only asked for 10% How good he is Why can't you not even give that 10% See, when you hold back, you are a robber. You are a robber. So, I don't want to ask how many robbers are here because I know hundreds of hands will go up. About 10 years ago, I was preaching in a church in Taiwan, a small island near China. China. So the church was jam-packed with people when they heard that I had come to town. So a 200-seating church now was filled with at least 300 or 400. And I was standing right at the end of the wall. That's where I could stand. And they had to remove the pulpit because there was no more sitting space. Everybody was seated on the floor. So after my message, I started praying for the people. And I saw the Lord Jesus stand by my right side and he began to give me words for the people. Then the Lord Jesus pointed his finger at one particular man and he said, tell him he's a robber. So I opened my eyes, I looked at him, he was a smartly dressed man. So I thought, how can he be a robber? He looks so nice, very handsome, full sleeve shirt, nice. He had an appearance that he was a rich man. So how can he be a robber? So then I thought, maybe since everybody was closing their eyes and praying, he will go around and steal the woman's handbag. So I kept my eyes open and looking at him. But he was closing his eyes and praying. But the Lord kept on telling me, he's a robber, give him that word. So I asked the Lord, please give me more information about his life. Then the Lord told me about his life. He was from a different part of the country And when he moved to the capital To start a business He prayed Lord, I want to take you as my business partner From now onwards Whatever profit I make 10% I will give it to you So he made the agreement with the Lord And the Lord blessed his business So when he made his first 1000 He gave how much? How much? 100 And then he made 10,000 And he gave Then he made a 100,000 And he gave And then he made his first million And he should give No No Too much 100,000 is too much So then he reasoned Why does God need my money He has all the gold All the silver on a thousand kettles And heaven, the very streets are all full of gold. Why does he need my money? So he stopped giving. But the business still was prospered. One million became ten million. How much should he give? His business never went down. His business was growing. So now he stood before me. And the Lord said, tell him all these things. He has stolen my money. He is a robber. If he does not repent today, he is going to lose his entire business and he will meet with an accident and die a horrible death and go to hell. So I gave him the word. Still he was not unmoved. And the Lord was standing by my side, tell him today is his last chance. So finally I said, if you will not kneel down right now, I'm going to walk up to you and call you out by name in front of everybody. And he went down on his knees. And he repented. So the church service ended. And I was sitting in the green room with the pastor. And this man came in. He said, I need you to pray for me. He said, I am the robber. He confirmed every word the Lord revealed about his life. And he cried. He said, please bless me. I said, I cannot bless you because you are a robber. First, put your life right. Return back to God all that you stole from Him. Then you come to me and I will bless you. That day was a Sunday. So how is he... And I was going to leave... The next afternoon So how was he going to immediately Take millions of dollars Out from the bank And give to the church And then come to me for prayer He told me it's not possible I said I don't don't care What can I do Right Even if I pray My prayers will not be heard Because you are a robber First the Lord Jesus said If you have something against your brother First go and return the gift then come and offer your sacrifice be reconciled now you have a problem with God you need to be reconciled with God first before you can give your gifts so I said go please go he begged me I said there is nothing I can do because I am just a servant of God I have given you the word that God gave Even if I pray, it is God who should bless you. So what's the use if my prayers are not heard? Finally, half an hour before I was to leave the hotel to go to the airport, he came to my room. And he said, I have given to the church all that I owed. Now please bless me. So I prayed a prayer of blessing for him. And the Lord restored his soul that day. Don't clap. This is not entertainment for you. This is a warning that if you are like that, then you want to repent today. Put your life right. Then the windows of heaven will be open for you, and there will be financial flow of blessing. You don't even need to pray for money. Because the Bible says your father knows your needs. You need food to eat, clothes to wear, a roof your head. Your father knows. He will provide. But first, put your life right. Those who do not repent, they will be removed. By the fires of God When the seraphim comes Their fire will remove them away I'll give you two examples In Leviticus chapter 10 Verses 1 to 5 You read about two sons of Aaron the high priest Nadab and Abihu They offered strange fire before God That which was not authorized by God they were not called to do that work. Because that job is Aaron's job. Not the sons of Aaron to do. But they pursue to take upon a calling that is not theirs. Today so many come into the ministry without a clear calling from God. Why? Because you can make easy money. This is also true in India Easy money You don't need to study You don't even need to know the Bible You can just simply say anything And who, because most believers don't read the Bible They will just believe anything Yes, Amen Alright, please turn with me to Malachi chapter 5 Malachi is the last book in the Bible Please turn to chapter 5 Chapter 5 verse 1 if, this, if, you, if you ever find that scripture on the screen That is the greatest miracle that ever happened in Africa 99% of you immediately turn to your Bible There is no chapter 5 in the book of Malachi See how easily I just fool you Alright, now this is the real scripture. Ready? Ready? Revelation chapter 23. Now you are smart. So why are false prophets deceiving the people? Because the word is empty in most believers' lives. Visions will pass away one day prophecies will pass away one day because when you go to heaven, you are not going to prophesy to anybody. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, you don't need them in heaven. But the word of God endures forever and ever. Yes, Amen. Yes. It endures forever and ever. So you must be established in the word of God so that you will not be moved. So when Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire from God, fire came from nowhere and killed them instantly. And then a New Testament example. Acts chapter 5 verses 1 to 10. Ananias and Sapphira, a glory-seeking couple, they lied to the apostle Peter of the amount of money they were donating to the church. Knowingly, they lied and fire came from the invisible fire from the presence of God came and killed them right there. Right there. You just imagine, like this. Just like yesterday, our apostle Emmanuel was standing here and giving out all the envelopes one by one. One by one. And then you come to put the offering. But you are a liar. And right there, at the feet of the apostle, you drop dead. Why are you not saying hallelujah now? Why is that dead silence? I tell you a truth in the name of Jesus. This is going to happen in the church in these days. Once again, it will happen as how it happened. In the days of the Acts of the Apostles. When the church will walk in holiness. And the glory of God is visible. Thick glory of God visible in the church. Then. The fire will manifest. The fire will manifest. To either. For repentance. Or for judgment. And it is the seraphim. Who stand in the church. That will exert. The influence to either cleanse or to judge, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. No one can stand before the holiness of God. This is what God told the prophet Moses in Exodus chapter thirty-three, verse twenty. No one can see my face and live, because he is so holy. And when there is unholy, how can you see God? You cannot see God. And the seraphim, when they come from the holy presence of God, those who live in sin will fall dead. But those who love the holiness of God will be sanctified. Isaiah chapter 6 verses 5 to 7. So the word the seraphim brings to you is this. Church, arise. Wake up. Behold, your king is coming soon. Bride, get ready. Your bridegroom is coming to receive you. God is going to purify his church by sending the seraphim. The question is, will you yield? Or will you resist? If you resist, you'll drop dead. If you yield, you'll be sanctified, refined, purged, to become purer than gold. So God is going to purify His church. Now fire is not for the cleansing of sin because the blood of jesus christ has already taken care of that but fire is for purging and refining it purges and refines the consequences of sin in your life it still remains on your soul the act of sin has been forgiven you by the blood of the lord jesus but the consequences remain inside you for that you need the purging, purging of fire to sanctify your soul, sanctify your mind, sanctify your spirit so that your spirit, soul and body will be holy before God. Every roots of sin and the effects of sin are so deep in the lives of only God can heal and restore you. No one else can do that. No psychiatrist can do that. No medicines can heal you. Only the fire from the seraphim can heal you and restore you. He seated wounds. This transformation is needed. As we are living in these last days. Please turn your Bibles with me. To read our last scripture. Luke chapter 3. Verses 16 and 17. Luke chapter 3. Verses 16 and 17. John answered saying unto them all. I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I comes the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the shaft he will burn with fire unquenchable. This is what is going to happen in these last days. Are you willing to repent? Let's stand up for a word of prayer. Let's bow head and close our eyes. My dearly beloved sons and daughters, do you want God to thoroughly purge you, cleanse you, and refine you? If your answer is yes, do you want to totally repent of every hidden sin in your life? If your answer is yes Do you want to be ready As a bride Who has made herself ready To meet the Lord When he comes again If your answer is yes Are you willing For the seraphim To burn you Refine you Purge you so that you may become purer than gold. If your answer is yes, please kneel down wherever you are. Even those who are watching from afar on live broadcast, you get up from your chair and you kneel down right now if you want to be cleansed and sanctified. while you are in peace i ask you to cry out to god like how the prophet Isaac cried out i am a man of unclean lips many times in our life we have backbited we have gossiped we have murmured we have spoken lies against one another against the men of god Repent right now. Have you stolen God's money? Repent right now. But you must return to God all that you have stolen. Have you used your hands to write ungraceful things about others on the social media. Repent right now. Open your heart and you cry out to God now. You sincerely repent with all your heart. Sincerely Honestly, truthfully, do not give excuses for your sins. Don't do that. But humbly confess your faults. Confess your sins. And say, Lord, I have done these things. I did it knowingly, Lord. Don't lie that you do it unknowingly. No one does things unknowingly. We all do it knowingly. So repent. Repent right now. (coughs) I see the Lord Jesus Christ standing before me right now. And he tells me, He is going to visit some of the bishops who are here. He is going to visit your church. So put your house in order. There are some who are clean and right before me, and there are some who are lacking in some things before me. When I come, I will bring correction, I will bring admonition and I will bring words of rebuke and comfort to you, words of counsel to put your church right. my dear son, Pastor Stephen, the Lord Jesus tells you, as you have started your new church, fast and pray for seven days. Come to your church, stay in the center of the church and fast and pray for seven days to sanctify yourself, to sanctify your church And to get a fresh new vision from God. How he wants you to grow the church. What is the vision that God has for the church. And how you should plant the church. And when you do. The angel that is appointed for your church. Will come. And they will give God's plans for your church and you must be bold to put away the things that God tells you to put away and to give up those plans that are not in the plans of God if you will be sincere and faithful to do this God will cause you to increase More and more. Even with spiritual gifts for your life. And your family will also be blessed by God. And each and every household in your church will be blessed by God. And none will be faint hearted. Lord Jesus I see the Lord Jesus now walking in your midst. Humble yourselves, my dearly beloved sons and daughters. Tear your heart and truly all your evil ways, of all your evil works, of every falsehood in your life, Of every hypocrisy in your life. Repair of the hidden sins. Repair of committing adulteries, sexual uncleanness, pornography, adulteries in your mind. Adulteries in your thought life. Repent right now. Repent. Many of your tongues are dirty and full of blood. Repent of gossiping. Repent of criticizing. I see the eyes of the Lord Jesus looking at each and every one of you. Repent. Repent sincerely. Lord Jesus, as you have been walking in this church, we read in your word in Revelation chapter 1 how you stood in the midst of the seven churches. Likewise, you are now standing in the midst of this church and looking at the hearts and the minds of each and every one of the people of God here. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, look at their broken hearts. Look at the tears that are flowing down their eyes. Look at their heart that is broken before you. In total repentance. Look at them, Lord Jesus. Repenting for their last time. So now I ask you to lay your blessing hands upon them and forgive them of all their sins. Now I pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus The many seraphim you have sent To stand in this church In the name of the Lord Jesus I pray Let the fires From the seraphim Blow Over every one of them Let them feel The fiery flames Coming over them right now Coming over them right now. Let them tangibly feel the fire, the flames of fire blowing all over them. Let their physical bodies feel the fire, the flames of fire flowing all within them. Let them feel the fire, Lord, flowing like a river. From the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Right now, right now, I pray that a sanctified cleansing take place all over this church right now. (coughs) In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Fire of God Flow 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 All over them All over them Let them tangibly Literally feel The fires of the seraphim Flowing all over their bodies Cleansing their feet, purging them, sanctifying them. Flow, fires of God, flow, flow from the youngest to the oldest. Let each feel the fire. Let their lives. Remain no more the same. This is not enough the Spirit. There are deep-seated roots in their lives. I pray, let the axe be led to the root of the trees. Instead of the axe, I pray, let your fires flow deep into the roots. Deep into the roots. Let every broken spirit be healed. Right now. I command in the name of Jesus. Let their wounded spirit. Broken spirit. Be healed. Let their lives be restored now. Enlighten their eyes, Holy Spirit. Let the fires from the seraphim burn their eyes. Sanctify their eyes. Sanctify their eyes. Right now. Sanctify their eyes. Refine their eyes. That they will no more be holy. From this day behold Purity Thank you Lord Jesus Now I ask you Lord Touch their ears Touch their ears That have been used to hearing Corrupted lies Touch the ears That are used to hearing gossip In the name Of the Lord Jesus I command: Let the fire flow sanctify the ears. sanctify the earth let your fires go deep into their eardrums that the years will be sanctified purged and purified right now right now thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus now I ask you As Isaiah the prophet prayed, I'm a man of unclean lips. Now I ask you to touch their lips. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Seraphim, touch their lips right now. Let their lips be sanctified. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Flow. God, flow. Flow. All over them. All over them. All over them. Let every person experience the sanctifying fires of the Holy Spirit right now. Right now. Let it flow. None should leave this place without your touch Spirit of the Living God. Let their fires let their hands that have done evil and wicked works be cleansed right now. Let your fire come upon their hands right now. Let them feel the burning sensation of your fire in their hands. Let the hands that committed abortion Let the hands that committed murder, let the hands that committed evil sexual acts be cleansed right now. Right now. Let every finger in their hands feel the burning sensation of your fire flowing. Flowing all over them all over them right now right now thank you wonderful God thank you wonderful God I see the Lord Jesus now enlarged so huge that his head touches the ceiling of this church and he's looking down at everyone Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My dear Bishop Richard, please stand up to your feet right now. The Lord Jesus looks at you and says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Thus far, you have been good. You have kept your heart humble and righteous before my sight. I will now bless you and promote you and give you a crown that no man can give you honor that no man will take. Fight for yourselves. And sanctify your church totally to righteousness and holiness. From this day I have sanctified you and your church. Live righteously and holily before me. I will take you to different places beyond the shores of your nation. To places that you will never dream of. To bring my word of righteousness. And to establish my word of righteousness. You shall be a father to many. Especially the young. And the old. And the little lambs. I have given this day to you. My rod. My shepherd's rod with which you shall shepherd them and lead them. Thank you wonderful God. Thank you wonderful God. Let us all stand up to our feet right now. Please lift up your holy hands unto the living God right now. Lord Jesus thank you for beginning a good work in the lives of each and every one of your dear sons and daughters today. Thank you Lord Jesus for sending your seraphim in our midst to sanctify your people. Thank you Lord Jesus for coming to this church to wash this church to wash your people to sanctify your people and to make your presence known to your people. We lift up our hands to you and we bless your holy name. Come on everybody, lift up your holy hands and bless the name of the living God. Open your mouth and give thanks to God because He's a good God. His grace and mercy. Endures forever and ever. Come on, don't keep quiet. Open wide your mouth and give thanks to God. Give thanks to God for He's a good God. Say, God, you're a good God. Your grace and mercy is and yours forever and ever